Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. David Shipley joins us right now. He's a cybersecurity expert and CEO of Boceron Security. David, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can we start off with the sad news? Uh, well, it depends on perspective. Are we, are we talking about in a... No, 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 Let me just get to it. Can we talk about the bad news? Sure. We have to say goodbye. It's our dear old pal, Microsoft's oldest browser, Internet Explorer, is going to be unplugged, defunct. It will be killed off tomorrow, June 15th. Dave, how do you feel about this? I uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, <laughs> I uh, should have been uh, dead and buried uh, a long, long time ago. A lot of bugs, a lot of pain for web developers um, that it just continues to exist today. And uh, a lot of us in the tech industry are celebrating the uh, the close of the chapter of Internet Explorer. Long live Edge, Chrome, Firefox, anything other than Internet Explorer uh, for work and home use. How do you really feel about it, David? It was uh, it was introduced in 1995. Absolutely, this was this was Microsoft's moonshot to uh, to get back into the race for the internet after, uh, of course, Netscape Navigator and uh, things burst onto the scene, and it became immensely popular. At one time, it was pretty much the browser everybody used. Um, Netscape disappeared off the scene, and then eventually a competitor in uh, Mozilla Firefox emerged, and then Google Chrome is now king of the hill in terms of the single biggest web browser. Um, But IE has grown long in the tooth and uh, has definitely caused many, many, many headaches for uh, technology companies over the years. So uh, rest in peace. Thank you for your service. You're no longer needed. (laughs) Absolutely. And, And for folks listening, do not use Internet Explorer. It is not safe. It is not secure. Absolutely not appropriate for accessing banking or anything else. Right. Um, use a modern browser uh, and, uh, yeah, avoid IE at all costs. And you won't be able to use it as of tomorrow, will you? Like, won't well, it just in- disappear off the face of the uh, Internet? Well, for modern uh, operating systems like Windows 10 and above, they are just going to make it go away. But for operating systems that maybe people are still hanging on to, Windows 7, um, some versions of Windows 8 um, that are under the control of individual home users, it may still stick around. Um, Mm. And so this zombie IE is not your friend. Okay, good to know. All right, let's talk about uh, Canada's public safety minister. This says that the federal government's weighing introducing mandatory incident reporting for cyber crimes. Um, I think that's probably a good move. I know that recently you spoke in front of the House of Commons Public Safety and National Security Committee, I believe. I know you were talking to the government. Um, do you have something to do with this? So uh, this particular uh, bill that we're uh, having a chance to dig into is largely expected to address federally regulated industries. So the big telco companies, the banks, energy and transportation. And that's cool. And we need that um, because only about 25% of major cybercrime victims are reporting their crimes to authorities. And it's hard for us to create public policy, to dedicate resources if we don't have the full picture. So, mm-hmm. so we do need mandatory incident reporting. 
what what I'm hoping is in the legislation, and I've had a, had a chance to get my hot little hands on it. What I was asking uh, the parliamentarians for last week was broadening mandatory incident response, uh, incident reporting to include subnational entities like municipalities, uh, healthcare organizations, private sector businesses outside of federally regulated businesses that are important to the Canadian economy because these are the ones, frankly, that are getting absolutely pile driven into the ground by cybercrime. And that's where the action's happening. The telcos, the banks, the uh, transportation companies and energy firms are relatively well defended. It's good to know what they're getting hit with, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not where the battle is being fought on the streets. Why would you want to keep it secret and not report it? Well, first, a number of things. Uh, your insurance company may tell you not to talk about it because you want to limit reputational damage. Your legal or risk team may see no upside to sharing or co- providing information to the federal government uh, and many downsides to it. So you may actually be prohibited. If you're a publicly traded company, um, the risk and legal teams get nervous about affecting share price and all that fun stuff. So basically, a giant lineup of people who say no and no one to say, yes, we should share this information. And we need, we need desperately to change that equation. All right. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. You make sense of these headlines that I think are uh, pretty heavy lifting. So I appreciate you doing the work. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show. Take care. Have, and stay have safe. a great one. Cheers. David Shipley, cybersecurity expert and CEO of Boseron Security.